O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship him.
all on the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. The Old Testament lesson for this second Sunday after the Epiphany is written in the 33rd chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 12th verse. Moses said to the Lord, Behold, you tell me, bring up this people, and you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your way now, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. He said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses said to him, If your presence doesn't go with me, don't carry us up from here. For how would people know that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Isn't it that you go with us, so that we are separated, I and your people, from all the people who are on the surface of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim the Lord's name before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. He said, You cannot see my face, for man may not see me and live. The Lord also said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. It will happen, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and will cover you with my hand, until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the twelfth chapter of Romans, beginning at the sixth verse. Brothers, having gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, if prophecy, let's prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or service, let's give ourselves to service, or he who teaches to his teaching, 
or he who exhorts to his exhorting. He who gives, let him do it with generosity. He who rules with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to that which is good. In love of the brothers, be tenderly affectionate to one another. In honor, preferring one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Enduring in troubles. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own conceits. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. O that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, O praise the Lord, all ye nations, and laud him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus also was invited with his disciples to the wedding. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with you and me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone set there after the Jews' way of purifying, containing two or three meters apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the ruler of the feast. So they took it. When the ruler of the feast tasted the water now become wine and didn't know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the ruler of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the guests have drunk freely, then that which is worse. You have kept the good wine until now. This chief of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary prayed, they have no wine. Our Lord answered, Woman, what does that have to do with me? 
My hour has not yet come. Mary tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. Let's consider Mary for a minute here. Because just recently we had heard in the readings in the past month or so that when the angel Gabriel brought this highly favored one, the word of God, Mary replied in humility, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. And we heard not so long ago, Elizabeth call her the mother of my Lord and say to her, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were to come from the Lord. To which Mary sang, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And consider what she had been through. Joseph thought about divorcing her. She traveled to Bethlehem late in pregnancy. She gave birth in a stable, laid her son in a manger, in a trough. She'd seen shepherds and wise men. She'd seen Simeon hold her boy and tell her, a sword will pierce your own soul also. She was hastily taken to Egypt and then back again. And when her son was 12, she lost him in Jerusalem, found him at the temple. And her response to all this was, she pondered all things in her heart. In today's text, at about 30 years later after Christ's birth, she's at a wedding feast of a friend or a relative. The type of feast, by the way, which she and Joseph never got to enjoy because they had to flee to Egypt. At this feast, the worst of possible things can happen. Happens. The wine runs out. No one has a proper feast, at least not in biblical times. No one has a proper feast without food and wine. So what was about to happen was a bitter end of this couple's wedding celebration and an embarrassing start to their life together. Now, Mary could have been cold and bitter. She could have remembered how her and Joseph didn't get such a feast. She could have told the, tough, the couple to toughen up, that she had it worse, to get over it. Tell that generation just how soft they are. But she doesn't do that. Rather, she has compassion. And in compassion, she turns to the one who she knows is most merciful. She turns to her son and her Lord. She goes to pray to Jesus. That's what this is, praying. They have no wine. And she hears our Lord's protest, Woman, my hour has not yet come. But that doesn't diminish her faith. In fact, if you see here in the text, it emboldens her faith. So that this woman, who in faith told the angel, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, reveals her faith in the same way by saying, Do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he says. She lays the problem on her Lord in complete confidence and faith. And in the text, her faith isn't put to shame. Our Lord doesn't turn away from her prayer. He doesn't hold back his mercy. Rather, in grace, with sympathy, he changes the water into wine. He answers her prayer with an incredibly powerful work. Would some commentators say, 
The power to change water into wine would take several nuclear weapons. That kind of power. That's what he demonstrated. He created wine from water. And not only that, but it was the best of all the wine. He reveals his mercy and grace and incredible power here. And so the wedding feast continues in joy and everyone drinks and enjoys the wine and as they do so, his glory is manifested. His disciples' faith was strengthened. Now Mary, in faith, has proclaimed in the Scriptures, He that is mighty hath done to me great things. She said, He has showed, he has showed strength with his arm. She said, he hath filled the hungry with good things. That's her faith. And the Lord did everything here that she sang about. She has in her life seen her God act in great mercy and power. And with everything he's done, her faith is unchanged. She knew at this wedding he would do so again. And he did. The faith of Mary has been shown to us time and time again. It's the same faith that the disciples had as well. That wasn't really the question coming into today, but that was shown today. The question that is really asked today is, how does such a faith react when the Lord does answer prayer and when the Lord does perform such a powerful work? When faith, they have faith that didn't doubt the Lord would act, but what does it do when the Lord does? Does such a faith act nonchalantly? Like it's no big deal because we already knew the Lord would act? And since Mary had seen all this before in over 30 years, is she just kind of bored with it? She just kind of expects it? Just kind of is ho-hum about it? As we see today, that's not the case at all. That may be the temptation to be bored with what the Lord does, but that's not what faith does. See what faith does, again, remember what happens in Mary's life. When Gabriel brings her the word of God, she reacts with joy and humility. When Elizabeth proclaims the gospel in front of her, Mary praises God with a magnificat. Mary's response to this miracle isn't recorded in this gospel. But our antiphon and introit probably capture it very well. How does faith react to such a miracle as changing water into wine? Well, look at the introit. Faith responds to God's mercy by inviting and admonishing and advising the entire world to fall down in worship before God because His works are that powerful. What else can faith do before God's mercy but sing psalms, sing psalms to him and to his name, but confess his name publicly? That's what she's done. To shout to the Lord in jubilation for his victory. That's what the Magnificat proclaims. That's what the Psalms, the 66th Psalm proclaims. And that's what this is. It's a victory. His creating wine from water was the victory of the feast, whether people knew it or not. The Scripture says Mary pondered all this in her heart. 
Well, one can't ponder all this without rejoicing. That's true for her. That's true for the disciples who saw this work of power and mercy. They saw, they believed, they rejoiced. And that's the miracle in our text. Beside this pulpit, the crucifix always stands. And here before us is an image of the work of God, which is so much more powerful than the miracle in today's gospel. This is the ultimate work, which today's miracle simply points to. And just as Mary in faith prayed to her Lord about wine, so we also today, we pray in our needs. We pray about our needs. We pray about our needs in faith. We pray to the Lord as he taught us, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Just as Mary prayed to her Lord, so do we pray to our Lord. And like her, our faith isn't put to shame. Our Lord doesn't turn from our prayer. He doesn't hold back His mercy. Rather, in grace and sympathy, He answers that prayer with an incredibly powerful work. Suffering and dying on the cross for the sins of the entire world. The divine power of the cross can't be measured like Christ's changing water to wine. It can't be measured scientifically or otherwise. It's an eternal, infinite gift. He dies for our sins with an incredibly eternal power. No, the water doesn't change on the wine of the cross, but what does happen is that he who knew no sin became sin for us. So that in baptism, we who know no righteousness may become righteous in Him. Now which display of power is greater, the changing of water into wine or the changing of sinners into the righteous and holy? Today's gospel shows a powerful miracle, but it also shows how powerful Christ crucified is even more. And if the power to turn water into wine is the equivalent of several nuclear weapons, that kind of energy, Imagine the power needed to make this bread his body and this chalice his blood. Up here in this image of the cross and on this altar is where our Lord answers our prayer. On the cross, our Lord answers our prayer, the Lord's prayer, by revealing the love of God to us where the greatness of his name is revealed. Here on the cross, his kingdom is established in the church. In the church is where his will is done. All those prayers answered. And here's his answer to our, we pray for our daily bread, here's his answer at the altar. As his flesh and blood is given to us to eat and drink. There he answers our prayer, our sins are forgiven. We're empowered to forgive others their sins. We're strengthened in the midst of temptation. We're delivered from evil. All those answered right here on the cross and altar. In great mercy and great power. He does all this in the best of all food and the best of all wine. 
So that every time our sins are forgiven here, every time we forgive each other, every time we eat and drink as one in joy and reverence, there the glory of the Lord is manifested before us, even more so than in Canaan. So the question we ask about marrying the disciples is the question we ask about ourselves. How do we react to this powerful miracle in faith? He does it every Sunday. How are we to react every Sunday? Are we to act nonchalantly and mindlessly, just coming up to the altar and receiving it like we do every week, like it's no big deal? Are we bored with the sacrament of the altar because he just does it time and time again? So that other things seem more exciting because they happen less often? Should we be ho-hum about the supper? Should that be our attitude towards this incredibly powerful work where our Lord comes in His flesh and His blood week in and week out? You know the answer is no. Because we've seen how Mary reacts in faith. We've seen how the disciples act, react in faith. And that's how we react in faith. And there are times where we we might wonder, how do I respond to receiving a gift such as the Lord's Supper? What do I do when I leave the altar? What did Mary and the disciples do? They pondered the great work that they saw. They prayed and pondered the Scriptures, such as our psalm, our introit. Faith ponders and meditates on the work that the Lord does and gives to us. It ponders that work, meditates on it, and what he's doing in the sacrament. If you ever wonder what to pray before the sacrament or after receiving the sacrament, look at Psalm 66 today. Pray that every Sunday after receiving the sacrament. And you'll see what faith does. Faith recognizes and confesses what the Lord does. It receives from the Lord. It invites and admonishes everyone to fall down in worship before the Lord because it's such a powerful sacrament, such a powerful work. What else can faith do but sing psalms to the Lord publicly and loudly to His name? What else can faith do but confess His name loudly like we do in the creeds? What else can faith do but shout in jubilation and victory when it receives the flesh and blood of Christ? What else can faith do but tell everyone around it that at the sacrament of this altar is our Lord's flesh and blood which died in victory? Who in victory created us from the water and blood of His side to be righteous? who's making the wine into his blood is the victory of this feast. All this is given to us to ponder in our hearts and rejoice as it strengthens our faith. Understand how great the power of the Lord is here at this altar. What he does here at this altar. There's a reason why we kneel at the rail. Because the power shown here every Sunday is so, so great. And He shows it in mercy. 
That's why on the last day we'll also bow before him when he comes in the flesh and blood. And his power is so great, the psalm says, that not even his enemies will be able to help but bow down before him as well. To cringe to him. That's what will happen on the last day. Because no one can escape his power. But we get it in mercy. Again, if you've ever wondered what to pray or how to react after receiving the altar, our text shows you today. Like Mary, we ponder it in our hearts. Like the disciples, we let it strengthen our faith. We receive it and pray this 66th Psalm so that it may shape our hearts to respond in faith every time we receive. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, 
show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.